What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Nerdy 430, the podcast where we talk about nerdy-ish movies for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, a.k.a. The Critic's Choice. With me, as always, is the people's champ, Tim Keck. Sup, dogs? All right, it's back. <laughs> and Sup today, dogs? we're talking about... <laughs> What's up, you nerdy dogs? <laughs> <laughs> we're in the doghouse oh. today. He's doing the Arsenio Hall thing. Um, uh, tune into the YouTube feed to see if he actually did the Arsenio Hall thing. I'm constantly being accused about- of of stealing shit from Arsenio Hall, and honestly, I'm tired of it. This is like the you last your entire time. comedic career. <laughs> I'm a hack. Hey, we all are. We know who's not a hack. Keanu Reeves. Today we're talking about John Wick Four, an action movie starring a 58, 59 year old man. Yeah, that you know, you wouldn't think he's a day over forty-five <laughs> in the prime of his life. I'm telling you, you can do anything. Tim, what do you think about this one, Kevin? I know you're like a a John Wick newbie, but each one of these movies, as it came out, was the best action movie of all time, <laughs> and. <laughs> I guess the type of action changes, you know, Fast and Furious is doing a different thing. John Wick, it's all about kills and body count. And if you're talking about a movie where a guy just kills a bunch of people and gets revenge and it's a revenge plot, it's the best. There's nothing even close. Taken looks like Sesame Street compared to John Wick, any of them. And this one is the best. My jaw was on the floor multiple times during this movie. It's incredible. It's so good. And they got they got Donnie Yen. They have Donnie Yen. I don't know what else we get. We don't even need to talk about the rest of this movie. Donnie Yen is a god amongst men. He is incredible. He is insane. He is he is martial arts royalty. And the fact that they got him out here crushing it as a blind guy. This is his new bit. He did it in Rogue One. He's doing it in John Wick. I bet he's actually blind now. I would not be surprised if cataracts developed after all the punching and hits he's taken. That dude, that dude is like, you know, Daredevil-esque, just functioning like crazy. I don't know how he does it. He's perfect. He's amazing. Skarsgård, incredible and and hateable. And I love the world. I love how, how corny it is. And it's, it's just, it's just great. It's just, it's, it's the perfect movie. Tim, I got to ask you a very personal question because you just said that this one is the best action movie ever made. Did you hold back when I texted you asking how this movie was in the interest of not overhyping it for me? Yeah, I have no idea where you are on the John Wick thing. I just don't know what you're because you've you've watched all of these recently, right? I was watching these as these came out hyped for it, pumped for it. This is more my lane. I know you're not as much of an action guy as I am, but I love a good shoot 'em up. I love a good, uh, you know, bullet to the head. It's exciting. It turns me on. And John Wick did just <laughs> that. Sup, dogs. Dude. Sup, dogs. Dogs were up oh during John God. Wick Four. I was ready to roll. God. That is you holding back on your excitement for this movie is the nicest thing you've ever done for me. Because <laughs> Tim, I had a rough ride. Going through the John Wick franchise. Wow. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm very new to this. I had never seen a single John Wick movie a week ago. <laughs> this is all new. Uh, Insane. As we discussed, the only time I ever came close was when we went to go see John Wick 2 in theaters 
but I was too stoned and I fell asleep. So I had virtually no introduction to these movies. I didn't even know. I mean, I, I didn't even know what I was getting into here outside of the fact that it was Keanu Reeves, knew the basic setup of his wife and his dog had died, and he was an, a hitman looking for revenge. But the reason that I say it's so nice that you didn't overhype this for me is because I got to tell you, I did not like John Wick 1 or 2 when I saw mm. it. I, my trajectory, before everybody listening to this podcast just shuts it off and decides to hate me, I do have to say that I think 3 is spectacular. Yes. But 3 is incredible. 2 is was, in my opinion, like fine. I thought it was all right. I fell asleep twice now watching it because the time that I put it on <laughs> last week on the couch, I fell asleep again and had to come back to it and finish it the next day. And I thought one was actively a bad movie. And I was so confused. Lauren hadn't seen these either. We were talking about it. I was so excited to finally watch John Wick 1. It's been on my list forever. We sat down, we watched it, and it was like, is that it? That's the thing that people have been telling me is a contender for the greatest action movie of all time. Like, this is the John Wick franchise that people are so excited about. And then we saw two, and it was a definite improvement over what I'd seen in one, but it still felt like it was so sure of itself and wasn't really paying anything off. And then by the time three rolled around, I was fully on board the train. So I've really been soul searching this week and trying to figure out what happened here. And I think it comes down to really two main factors. Number one, I think one and two were overhyped for me. Because like I said, I had so many people saying that one's the greatest action movie of all time. That movie's nine years old. So even though I hadn't seen the movie, I'm sure that I have unconsciously seen other movies ripping it off for the past nine years. Yes. And I did a lot of research the past couple of days after I saw John Wick 4 to try to get to the bottom of why I didn't like 1 and 2 so much. Because it feels so strange that I would have like that diametrically opposed of an opinion with people that I'm normally lockstep with. And all I can really get to is the fact that this movie, when it came out, was really changing the game. A lot of things that I saw talked about how big of a switch up it was from the Christopher Nolan, the Born Identity style really quick cut fight scenes where the whole thing that Chad Stahelski and Keanu wanted to do with this is stay in the fight scene, show the choreography of it, let you live in the world. And I think I take for granted that that's what more things are doing now. We're getting more of a perspective of the fight that's going on. Yeah, this um, the John Wick movies, the scripts are uh, like pasta or bread. It's carbs, you know? It's a bread is a vessel for deliciousness. You know, you build the sandwich, you put things on top of it. It's great. Spaghetti. It's all about that sauce, baby. And the secret sauce for John Wick is just the action. All they care about is the action. And they've come up with the most shoestring plot. The first one is just a guy. There's the most dangerous man in the world. Someone kills his dog and he's going to kill everyone to get revenge and that's it it's like the most basic like almost best simplest premise you can get and that is just a vessel for what at the time were some of the most awesome action scenes ever it was intense it was crazy there was nothing like that nine years ago or at least i don't remember seeing anything like that you know Uh, definitely not in the u.s i mean korea was doing stuff like the raid or raid 2 where 
and I'm sure other movies aside from Raid and Raid 2, those are the ones I always think about the best. Uh, Night Comes for Us, where there's like these violent like action movies. But I even think they weren't using as many guns, it seems like, as Keanu does. His fighting style in this is like very unique and interesting. And it's very simple. It's like to the point. It's like I'm trying to kill people in like the most efficient way possible. And then they like keep messing with that by putting him in more and more complicated positions for him to do the most efficient way to kill somebody. And it ultimately becomes unefficient ways for him to efficiently kill somebody. And it's it's just it just builds on top of each other and it builds on top of each other. And if you watch John Wick and you're like, what was the point of this? There wasn't the point was to just have a good time and enjoy these stunts. It's a showcase. I mean, by you get the by the time you get to the fourth movie, I, I really felt like it was different. It was like little pieces of art. They're like, that was the scene. And now we're going to another scene and we're going to do this fight on the stairs. And this is its own piece. <laughs> this is its own piece of theater. It's like John Wick is WrestleMania. And that's one of the matches, you know, like each match is its own story, its own plot line. There's own. So like their choreography and their attempt to do these stunts is the thing. It's I'm thinking like Tom Cruise and like Mission Impossible is like the other equivalent, right? Where it's not like a shoot 'em up violent thing. But Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to hang on to a plane while it takes off. And you're like, this doesn't need to happen. This is this is kind of an orchestrated plot thing to like hang on to this. We don't need this. But also the point of Mission Impossible is that Tom Cruise does these dumb things. Right. The whole point of John Wick is that they're doing these crazy fight like the rest of it is irrelevant. But the same time they're building on this, they're building a plot. They're building some kind of a story. There is like an emotional arc for John Wick. He does have like wants and desires and things. And then they built out this world that is pretty corny, but is also really fun. And I don't know. It's it's great. I mean, what what sway what change do you think from one and two to three and four for you? I have been thinking about this so much, Tim, and something it caused me to realize something about myself which is that I think I am a pop cultural centrist. I think I like a little bit of everything, but as soon as you go way too far into one specific genre, I respect it. I might enjoy it when I see it, but I'm not going to come back to it very much. It's not going to really like permeate me very much. Whereas I tend to love things that are crossovers between multiple genres. And I feel like it's because it puts it squarely in my wheelhouse. Um, Somewhere along the line, they crossed over, I think, between, I think it happens right at the very end of John Wick 2. They cross over and suddenly it goes from being a pure action movie. Like, I consider you a pure action guy. I know some of my friends, like Brandon Rockwell, he's been on the pod before. Pure action guy. Like, he loves all that kind of stuff. But a crossover with melodrama happens at the end of John Wick 2 when he uh, gets like betrayed and forced out and excommunicado and all that. And it just lights on fire. The whole franchise just lights on fire. And by the time John Wick 3 starts, I am on board all the way. Uh, I think they also found the exact right balance between how much story and setup to have versus how many of these fight sequences to have. Because I timed it. John Wick 3 is, I think, a two-hour and 10-minute movie. The exposition is done 
by five minutes and 28 seconds into the movie. That's supposed to be about the first 25% of your script. Done. Finished. Five and a half minutes into the movie. We're just fucking going. Um, John Wick 4 was the same way. And it had story beats. And they had that beautiful, tasty melodrama in there. All these complicated relationships between these characters. But they so brilliantly managed to mostly avoid John Wick with those dramas. Like the most compelling drama in this movie was between Kane and the manager of the Osaka Continental. That fight scene was unbelievable. And the dynamic, that like perfect old samurai movie dynamic of his daughter, he knows that she is going to be the one to come back and kill him. That basically see you later moment that he has with her. It's, Oh, I'm over the moon for it. I love that they got to the place of like the finale of the third movie, which again at the time I stand by best action movie. The like mm-hmm. the last hour, I think we were texting about it and you're like, uh, oh, there's yeah. an a- hour left in the movie. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, what, what was it? It was like, this is like the beginning of the third. You movie. were like, I was like, yeah, I got like an hour left. And you were like, oh, so it's like over. And I was like, no, I have like an hour left. And he's like, damn it was along the lines of like oh so you're at the final fight scene i was like no no, i have an hour and you're like yeah you're at the final fight scene <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like oh this is the the last hour of the movie is just them defending the new york um oh god what the what's it called continental. continental the new york continental and that's like the major fight scene. that's the culmination then to open up four with another knockout continental fight that may be better than the third one is insane. And they do so many stunts. It builds, it builds, it builds, it builds. There's all these relationships, all this nuance going on somehow. And just like intense action movie, intense things I've never seen before. And then the end is just John Wick with across from Donnie Yen, and they each have a pistol and they're shooting each other. And somehow for me, that was just as compelling as the rest of the movie, which is absolutely which I think people can be critical of Keanu Reeves with like he doesn't talk during this. He doesn't talk in the Matrix either. His when it comes to action, this guy is a minimalist and somehow you really care. Like I'm emotionally invested in John Wick as a character. And if that must be good, at he must be a good actor, (laughs) even if he's not saying anything like he must be. I, I don't just randomly you know, start supporting characters. You know, there's things in place that are making you like this guy. And there were things in the story that made me care about Donnie Yen. And it made the whole thing at the end so tense. And I can't believe they pulled that off. It's just like a true John Wick four is legit. A great movie. I think, I think it's, I think it's great. Oh, it's phenomenal. Dude. It's so good. And I think you are dead right on Keanu. He is unassailable is John Wick. Even though, like I said, I didn't really enjoy one and two at the time. I actually think that three and four retroactively make one and two better movies. Yes. Um, Keanu the entire time, inarguably completely perfect for the role. So phenomenally good. Let's just roll right into beefs and thieves. Did you have any beefs for this movie? Did I have any beefs? Um, I thought I like that they included Lawrence Fishburne, but he doesn't. I was a little confused on like why he's even. It felt like they kind of had to like force uh, the Bowery King into it, which I liked. And I was excited when he came and he was quoting lines from the Matrix and people in the theater were excited to hear him. And I'm glad he was there. But it seemed a little uh, it seemed a little that part was a little weak to me as far as 
making sense. The rest of it, I I thought was, you know, what was I wasn't sure was a beef was and something that they use usually are very good at is, I guess, like I guess they call it power scaling. Right. You know, where they're like, you know, I think I like Dragon Ball Z all the time in this where it's like, OK, so, you know, Frieza in his, in his first evolution, he beats uh, you know, Vegeta beats Frieza in his level one and then Frieza goes to level two and he beats Vegeta. So now he's stronger. But now Piccolo shows up and he beats Frieza, too. So Frieza goes to three and he beats Piccolo. It's like now they're better. And then so then what does that mean? Does that mean Piccolo's be- stronger than Frieza? Like there's this like, you know, these levels that somehow you kind of know what tier everybody's in. And there's a moment when Bill Skarsgård, who I was like, is Bill Skarsgård about to be like really good at like jujitsu or karate or something where he grabs Mr. Nobody and chops off his, doesn't he like cut his hand or something? He like cuts his, he stabs him with the knife. The scene was crazy. It was super crazy, but I, I had a hard time wrapping my mind around Mr. Nobody being this like, ominous force following John Wick around, but also Bill Skarsgård can like kick his ass. Right. Like, so like what's the power scaling on that? I guess it does establish Bill Skarsgård is an even bigger threat than Mr. Nobody. Like Mr. Nobody's a threat to John Wick. Bill Skarsgård must be a real threat to him. But then at the same time, it's like Bill Skarsgård actually isn't, he's not actually going to fight. He doesn't want to fight him, you know? Yeah. It, in in theory, this is missing a fight with Bill Skarsgård. It doesn't need it. But as far as the like scaling thing goes, um, that was the closest thing I had to a beef was just why am I? It took some of the wind out of my sails for Mr. Nobody, who had up until that point, I thought was like a straight up killer. Like he could have just like he could have been the best one. And then it's like quickly like, oh, no, he is. He's human, too. And I don't know if I love Dude. that. I want to throw my beef right out the window just so we can go right into Thieves and talk about Mr. Nobody. The Mr. Nobody mechanic Mm -hmm. is one of the coolest things I have ever seen in a movie. The idea that this guy is there and he is helping you because he's going to be the guy that takes you down someday. I mean, we talked about this with Creed 3. That's straight up anime, dude. Yes. Like. Oh, it was so much fucking fun. Anytime it would show up and like a shot would ring out of nowhere, you'd see him posted up with whatever the hell kind of gun that was. It was so unbelievably cool. And he's crossing out the like successively more expensive bounties for John in his book. Incredible. It is very much an anime thing. And it's not something we see in American movies a lot. I don't think. You know, if when Iron Man and Captain America fight, their friendship is over and they have to like work and rebuild a bridge. Right. But for some reason in this movie, there is an understanding that Keanu Reeves and Donnie Yen are not on the same team in one scene and then are on the same team in the other one. And that one of them killed their very close friend. And he didn't want to do that, but he had to like there's these rules and these laws that people follow and somehow they're very dismissive. There's not these like rigid boxes. Everything's a shade of gray. It no one's going to like this analogy, but it reminds me of like Survivor. Now, the way like the game oh, of Survivor has evolved, where like the first game of Survivor, there were like four people who got together and were like, OK, we're an alliance. This is how it goes. And then the show for like 10 years was just you get you get an alliance of your group. You stay in that alliance. And if you happen to be at the top of the alliance, you'll win. 
you'll win the game. And then after a while, people were like, hey, there's an alliance of six. I'm going to leave this alliance and go to this other alliance. And now everybody is like, well, that person left. So now I'm at the bottom. So then the bottom is flipping and they're all now it's like much more fluid. And there's all these relationships that come and go. And you can vote against somebody at one tribal council, then turn around and be their ally on the next one. And that's kind of what it felt like in in John Wick is is from scene to scene. Someone is either a friend, an ally. They're willing to die for you uh, and you still feel close to them. I mean, Donnie, somehow Keanu Reeves and Donnie Yen are like the best of friends in this. Like this is somehow John Wick's, you know, one of his best friends. And he's actively trying to kill him for a lot of the movie and or keep him safe so he can kill him later. It's so complicated. It's so fun. It's very much like anime. And I love these kinds of relationships. It's great. And I and I I love I guess my question then is like. Can you just make a John Wick four or is this the culmination of four movies, right? If somebody's watching John Wick four and they're like, I want to make an action franchise, I want to do this. Are you able to just start doing these complex relationships or did those hit because you've watched four movies with John Wick? You understand this world. You've seen other you've seen how all the contracts work. You've seen that John Wick had John Wick in in John Wick 2 is just John Wick doing something he doesn't want to do the whole time. He is (laughs) right. The first one, he wants to kill people. The second one, he's forced to do something he doesn't want to do. Then the third one, he's like, you know, back in it trying to get out. And he's like doing what he wants to do again. Um, And I think the fact that we saw a whole movie where John Wick was forced to do something he doesn't want to do where we see Donnie Yen and we're like, I get it. I get it. John Wick had to do it. Now you have to do it. And it's John Wick that you're trying to get. It makes sense. I understand it. This is the world. This is like their code. And I don't know. I don't know how you just like start a movie and get that juicy of a relationship. I honestly wasn't expecting the not the fighting to be as good as it was. (laughs) That was their final touch. That's what separates four from three for me is the fact that three is this nonstop, unbelievable fight scene. And four, they actually do take the time to touch more on these interpersonal relationships. The most we get in three is the Halle Berry stuff, which was great. Don't get me wrong. Insane. But I don't know that it held the same degree of weight that the common relationship did in two. That scene where Keanu is just killed. I, Francesca, I forget what her name yeah. is. And then Common sees him and just you just see his heart drop as soon as he sees Keanu in that one. I think it's interesting you say you're not sure if you can just make a John Wick 4 because I think you could argue that John Wick 1 was John Wick 4. This franchise started with this guy having history with everybody. He's not meeting anybody for the first time in that movie. Even the cop that comes to the door, the dude from the newsroom is like, John, you working again? And I mean, it's good improv. Everybody has Mm -hmm. these existing relationships. But also it does suggest that we're coming into a late chapter in this story. And I think that's really effective. It bothered me in the first movie because I didn't think, again, dated, but I didn't think that the fight scenes matched up to what we were being told about this guy as an assassin. But by the time you get to three, there's no question. It's it's phenomenal. He's doing everything and more. Yeah. Um, speaking of. Yeah. I got another fuck you no way. <laughs> if any movie has ever deserved it, it is this movie. 
you know exactly the third what it's going to be. Fuck you, no way. I mean, third one did too. But this one, the overhead shot. Holy God. Oh, the, the overhead oh, the, shot. Like with the, uh, with the, the dragon's breath? Yes. Dude. That was crazy. That was insane. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. How did they do that? It was so great. I mean, that's another thing where they, they had this idea. And they were like, we could show him clearing a room and they're like, how do we make this better? Oh, yeah. He's shooting fire the whole time. <laughs> right. And there's even an earlier scene where they establish that this fire gun exists. They show all Brilliant. the gangs getting ready. They show somebody. They show the box. It says like dragon breath on it. I'm like, I remember this from like an episode of future weapons like 20 years ago. Like, what are they? Well, I didn't know this was like a real thing that people used. <laughs> they, sh- they shoot the dummy. They show you that it shoots fire. And then Incredible. it comes up later and he gets it and he's it's, it's also so funny that that's like the first guy he kills in this room. It's just the guy who's on this like <laughs> the dress, the fire shooting gun. It's like, I don't know. Why don't you give that to the good guy? Why is, why is this happening? But it was God, that scene was incredible. It was so good. It was I, I mean, the moment where the moment where he shoots the guy. The guy is on fire. He runs out of the room. John Wick moves into the next room and the guy who's in, on fire also runs into the next room. Yes. There was one guy who was on fire who's like crawling like yeah. after him and you're watching that happen while he's clearing the room. It was it's crazy. It was so good. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, in establishing the world that the character lives in, it was absolutely crazy from a filmmaking perspective. I, I got to look up. I should have looked this up before the podcast. I'm contributing nothing by having no facts to share on this, but I need to know how many takes that took. How many takes could they have done? I mean, the stunt work on that had to be like life threatening. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering how much of it is like practical, how much of it is CGI. Like, what do they do? I mean, it looked great. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I would love to know more about like how long, how long they film this. What do they do for these? how they do, how they even pull these off because it's really just it's really going from like set piece to set piece to set piece to set piece and it's cool and i love it and i'm fine with yeah. having the dragon breath scene the fire gun scene and then now we're done with the fire gun we don't need the fire gun anymore because we're going to do this awesome thing with the cars mm-hmm. it's it's great it's so cool i mean the scene was that was that your big my my fuck you no way maybe and like the biggest I think reaction in the theater was I the fight on the stairs. Yeah. And when he gets thrown down like eight flights of stairs or ten flights of stairs, the theater was like gasp. My jaw was on the floor. <laughs> I my mouth hung open multiple times during this movie as just this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. And it's also crazy to go from a, a a top down shot, like a like a like a ceiling. What do they even call that? A ceiling, like a look down shot on a room. No idea. Shooting fire. And the most jarring thing is watching John Wick, who is so close and he worked so hard to get up these stairs to roll all the way down. It was like emotional. It was a stunt that I was like, I don't know how they're doing this. And then Donnie Yen shows up and I was so fucking the two of them together fighting up the stairs was maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. The two of them together was amazing. 
God, I loved it. I thought it was great. Honestly, anything Donnie Yen did was was amazing, too. The scene where he has like the electronic doorbells that he uses to shoot people in the Continental was so cool. It was so great. And the way he sword fights and stuff, insane. Where He's like knocking things and he can't see him. He's somehow so much better than everybody. And then also just has this very obvious weakness. Like he's 100 percent blind in this. He's just so goofy and doing this like drunken fighting style that it like works somehow. Like, man, it's a different take on Daredevil. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how he's played up multiple blind people and given them or I, I don't know how we've seen so many like blind superheroes and yet they don't seem to overlap at all. They seem just very, yeah. like very different, right? Like this isn't Daredevil. Daredevil is, doesn't mm-hmm. fight like this. this isn't the character. It's not the guy from Rogue One. It's it's inter- it's great. It's really good. It's Kane and only Kane. Yeah. Echo. I got to tell you for the stair scene. Yeah. Lauren had to leave the theater briefly uh, when it was after the uh, scene that we were talking about with the dragon's breath. And that was right at the beginning of the stair scene when he's going up for the first time. So he's fighting his way up the stairs and I'm thinking, oh man, this is really cool. This is a a bummer of one to miss when he's fighting his way up these stairs. Um, She comes back into the theater when he's almost all the way at the top. And says, what did I miss? And I'm like, oh, it's been awesome. He had to fight his way all the way up those stairs. And there's a shot that shows the bottom in the background. I was like, he started back there. It was nuts. He's been fighting this entire time you've been gone. And he just made it to the top of the staircase. And at that exact moment is when he got sent back down the staircase. It was like, oh, this is great. You're going to get to see it. Um, <laughs> oh, you're going to run it back. That sequence was amazing. Yeah. You got to run that kind of a thing back. It was amazing. It was somehow so emotional so moving and simultaneously the funniest thing i've seen in a movie this year (laughs) someone falling down 210 (sighs) steps it was crazy it was crazy i another thing that i like in the world building for this is initially the premise is that john um john wick is like likes the dog like he he's 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 getting revenge for his dog because it's a gift for his wife, like the sentimental value, Mm -hmm. like the dog represents his wife to him. And then he gets a new dog that he loves and takes care of. And then he meets Halle Berry, who has these dogs and they make jokes like I get it. Like someone shoots her dog and and he's like, I understand. Now we got to kill all these people or whatever. And then in this movie, he actively makes the choice Instead of killing a guy who could kill him, he he shoots the guy who's trying to kill a dog. And now there's just a thing where either John Wick just loves animals <laughs> or he's so sympathetic to what a dog can mean to another human being that he's willing to make that sacrifice. And he it's the right gamble because now Mr. Nobody doesn't want to kill him anymore because he saved his dog. Like it's. It's very sweet and, and beautiful and sentimental. And if you're a, if you're a pet owner or a dog owner specifically, I don't know how you don't love this guy. Damn, I got only one thing to say to that. Yeah. Sup dogs. Sup dogs. I want to bring back money well spent real quick before we wrap this up. This was a hundred million dollar movie. The first one was twenty five million dollars. Second was forty million dollars. Third was seventy five million dollars. This one was a hundred million. For context, The Dark Knight in 2008 was $233 million adjusted. This is a bargain. 
It's incredible. They did this, this is. for $100 million. It grossed, I think, around $78.5 million in its opening weekend. So I think there's going to be a John Wick 5. I think it would be insane if they don't do a John Wick 5. If, what do you think? If do you Keanu think wants to, they will do it. If they want to, they will make one. They can definitely make it. Do you think, make one for 125 and let's like, see what happens. I would love it. Do you think they wait 15 years so that it can be an old man revenge movie like the Jeff Bridges, the old man? I don't know. I think it feels this one felt pretty final, like he's going to walk mm-hmm. away for a while. I think what was it? I had the I had the list here. So they did one in 2014, 2017, 2019, 2023. And now they're doing, you know, the ballerina, potentially the continental is like spinoff things Mm, mm -hmm. so i'm thinking you know gosh 2028 he maybe he does another one i think there's a big gap good god and i think this takes a lot out of him and i think it's obvious that he is older you know and he's gotten older oh for sure and his fighting is very cool for his age and all that and they clearly have good stuntmen and all this stuff and they make it work and he's amazing but he's doing he's fighting like an old man you know um and still pulling it off but you know every time he gets knocked to his knees i'm like oh i don't want to have to watch him get up like poor keanu has to like stand up all the time i don't know it's uh he's somehow pulling it off in a in a shockingly ageless way kevin i got a question for you hit me tim john wick four or the last of us the last of us Ooh. But it's tight. Uh, it's a tight race. I disagree. So it's coming in at number two. There we go. That's fine. That's fine. It's up there. It's it's probably going to be the best thing I've seen this year. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. What else? What could be better? I mean, we can talk through it. We'll talk through it on the review preview. It's phenomenal I, this has been back to back this and D two great movies two great movies i forgot to um if you're watching on the youtube i got my google hue lights and they're just just dimming in the background the whole time i didn't even notice uh and now i'm like bright but I, you know it's beautiful just like john wick you know coming to a close this podcast i guess is also coming to a close the lights are dimming and we're winding down kevin any final thoughts on john wick These movies are an art form in and of themselves. I adore them. I adore the story. I adore the characters. Uh, Everyone is perfectly cast. My only beef is where the fuck was this dog for this entire movie? It's there at the end. Where the fuck was that dog the entire time? Yeah. Who's taking care of the dog? I think it was Lance Reddick for a while, but then maybe... uh, Ian McShane took it over after Lance Braddock. I bet he's at the Continental. Being crass about this. I'm talking about uh, Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he probably was. Just like the Continental Uh, dog, man. You know, I got one. That'd be great. Just like a bodega cat. Yeah. Assassins. It's the best. It's the best. That's headcanon now. That's what's going to happen until they show us different John Wick 5. Speaking of John Wick 5, if you are listening to this podcast, I got a question for you that I want you to answer in an email to us. If they do a John Wick 5, what is one actor you'd like to see on the high table? Because we haven't seen anyone on the high table. Could be anybody. That's true. So what's one actor you would like to see on the high table? What's one actor you'd like to see as another assassin John Wick has history with? 
And what's one fight scene mechanic you would like to see them do something with? For me, a chainsaw. They haven't done anything with the chainsaw. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like zombies. Yeah. yeah. Man. Mine would oh. be all the weapons the Ninja Turtles have. You know, I want to see a bow staff. Oh I guess they did nunchucks. nunchucks. Nunchucks were great. Yeah, that was, I was sick. I was specifically thinking of like size, you know, like Raphael. It'd be fun to see him fight with those. But honestly, one of my favorite scenes is when he builds the gun in number three. Oh, it's great. It's so it cool. great. It's so much work that, to like, shoot Sergio one guy. Leone shot. Yeah. Anyway. Fucking hell. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been Nerdy for 30. We'll be back here next week. Till then, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Bye. Bye. Bye.